I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome back to RIP Diets. We are in the resurrection era of the podcast. This is kind of a peek behind the curtain, but I tried to record this yesterday and I was sitting out in the living room doing my work and my dog Yahtzee was sitting right next to me, just like he is right now, just like he always likes to do. He likes to sit right next to me on the couch while I'm doing my work. And the second the mic went on and I started talking, he starts barking and he will not stop barking. He never does this. He, He's in his teenager phase and it's really driving me bonkers. I need advice on how to deal with this teenage phase. Overall, he is a pretty good dog. He is 10 months old. And a lot of people when their dogs get to be 10 months old, they have so many problems with them. And I'm happy that I don't have problems with him tearing up my house or chewing on my cords or eating turds. You know, it's, it's nothing gross, nothing destructive. Um, he's overall a very sweet, manageable dog, but he has found his voice. And I'd like him to lose it again because, God, when he was a puppy, I like maybe for the first seven months of his life, he never barked. And then at some point he found his voice. And now whenever I'm trying to eat, he starts barking. When I'm doing my work, he starts barking. And when I'm not paying attention to him and he wants me to pay attention to him, he starts barking. And it is so obnoxious. It reaches this register that... I liken to the mosquito ringtone, if anybody remembers that from the early 2000s. There was this special ringtone that all the kids had, myself included, that allegedly nobody over the age of 20 could hear or something like that because old people, their ears are deteriorating and they can't hear it. Anyway, the pitch was so high pitch it could break glass. It was so high pitched. It was so, I mean, the second it would go off, you'd be like, oh, like it was like a, a <laughs> crazy jump scare. It really was not a nice noise. And that is what I compare his barking to. I, I just don't know what to do about it anymore. And it's particularly hard when I'm working because I can't get anything done. But honestly, it's also hard when I'm eating. He does it when I eat lunch now. And I can feel my cortisol levels spiking. I have not been able to enjoy a meal, not to the full extent, at least, because I'm so stressed out and he's trying to beg for food. I can't distract him. I can't put him in another room because then he starts barking again. It's just, it's a nightmare. It's totally a nightmare. And I'm hoping that this erratic behavior will go away and I'm doing my best to train him, but I just, I can't, this is one thing that I just can't squash. So I might need to bring in a professional. Hit me up if you have any tips. I know that a lot of people have dogs and a lot of people must go through similar things. So let me know. But that's one thing that's really been stressing me out. Another thing is, I haven't spoken too much about this, but a close relative of mine was actually diagnosed with breast cancer recently. They are 
going to be totally fine. It was a little bit scary to hear that diagnosis, um, but it was essentially stage zero. But they did need to get breast surgery. And that was a couple weeks ago. And I've really felt the need to step up post-surgery and help them out. And my sister has as well. We've kind of been taking shifts. And um, I've been somewhat of a night nurse. And I have a newfound respect for nurses and caretakers for sick people. I, I mean, I've always had respect for these people. But just doing these honestly not even complicated tasks like portioning out medication or applying cream in places or um, wrapping bandages around wounds. It all is so taxing. And I'm trying not to complain about it because I am doing this in an effort to make my relatives recovery just a bit easier. But it has been taking a little bit of a toll on me. And uh, and my sister's been helping out too, but my sister has two young boys. And so in addition to kind of caretaking for my family member, I have been also pitching in more with childcare and picking the boys up after school a few days a week and staying with them and just the amount of patience that requires as well is just so much. And it's made me question whether I should be a mother. I mean, it's it's bringing up a lot of stuff for me. And normally, all I have to worry about, aside from Yahtzee, for the most part, I only really need to think about myself. And I only need to care about myself. I only need to care for myself. And it's just very discouraging when I have a week where I'm out of whack, my schedule is different, I'm not entirely focused on myself and my stupid little tasks, my my meal prep, my going to the gym, my washing my hair and doing my little hair routine, you know, all of these things that take up so much of my time that are pretty superficial when you think about it. When I'm not able to do that stuff, I kind of get into this funk. I get into this mood. But then I'm like, well, what if I had kids? I mean, I'm 33 years old. Plenty of people my age have children and they can't devote that much time to themselves. And what if I'm too far gone at this point? What if I'm past the point of being able to think about other people aside from myself. And I know that's not really true. I know that life changes and adjustments can be made. And if I had a kid tomorrow, my whole life would change. And But that would be okay. And I know that. But I don't know, man. I just... Another thing happened yesterday. This was so wild. Like, some days I fall into a wormhole on the internet. And it really makes me reassess my values, my life, my morals, my, I I just, I fell into a wormhole that made me question my very existence. And I, I want to tell you guys about this. So I'm on TikTok and I find a video by this creator named Krista Celia. I wanted to give her a shout out because I think her content is great. I love it. I'll write it in the description. I just I, I don't want to talk about this girl's videos without giving her a true shout out. Um, I think what she's doing is great. But this video says making breakfast for my four kids as a 22 year old mom. 
you have my attention, okay? I am seeing this girl cook a beautiful, fun, creative, balanced breakfast completely from scratch. Well, uh, let me correct myself. Not completely from scratch. I think she was making some kind of breakfast confection, like a, a waffle or a French toast or something, out of that canned crescent dough, like that that can that you need to smack on the counter and then it all explodes in that really satisfying way. That's what she was using. But listen, I don't even pick that up from the grocery store because that's too overwhelming for me. I mean, I've talked about my weird inability to cook things. I have gotten a little better. I have a few go-tos. But anyway, this is not about me. This is about these incredible meals that she makes for her four kids as a 22-year-old mom, okay? When I was 22, I could barely wipe my own ass. I just, I was immediately in awe of how somebody at age 22 could have four kids, all under age five, I believe, And she's making homemade meals for them. So anyway, I go to her account page and she makes breakfast, lunch, dinner. And she she I don't think she films every time she cooks because that would probably be very time consuming. But she does it a lot. There are tons of videos on there. And um, just to give you an idea, she does really creative, pretty balanced meals for kids from my perspective. Um, There was one that was like a breakfast pizza with oranges and grapes on the side. Oh, there was a really cute one. Uh, one, It was one of her kids' birthdays. So she did little waffle sundaes with sliced up bananas and then hard boiled eggs for protein. There was a lunch she made that was mac and cheese, but she didn't use a prepackaged cheese sauce. Like she didn't do the craft mac and cheese. She actually took out a box of whipping cream and cheddar cheese from the fridge and made her own cheese sauce with the macaroni. My jaw was on the floor. She made little mini apple pies for the kids, fruity pebble pancakes with eggs and berries. Oh, and then there was one where she made a broccoli cheddar soup from scratch but the crazy thing about that one is she didn't even know what she was going to make for dinner. She she starts the video like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to make for dinner. I don't know what I have. And she goes in the fridge and she finds all the ingredients to make broccoli cheddar soup. Like Panera who? I'm sorry. What? These kids are so fucking lucky. And the plating is so cute. Like she has like the perfect little plates and she does four little portions, and then she passes it out to her kids. I'm watching these videos for what feels like hours. Oh, and also, by the way, I'm looking through these videos, and obviously the newer ones are first. So as I'm getting further and further back, I see that she used to live in a trailer park, and she's cooking in this tiny kitchen in a trailer with her four kids, still making these creative meals, still making sure that they're nourished, and they have different, new, not boring, exciting things to eat every day, and I'm just in awe. I'm totally in awe of her. Then I look at the comment section, which, I mean... (laughs) I should just never do that because anytime I look at the comments under any video, I lose so much faith in humanity. 
I don't know how anybody could watch these videos and not react the way I did. I mean, I'm looking at these videos and I'm like, how is she 22 and she's supporting four kids? She's cooking these creative, cute meals. And I'm over here, 33 years old, no kids, just a dog and a boyfriend who cooks more than I do. And I can't think about what to put on my sheet pan salmon. I cannot think of what seasonings to put on it. I cannot be bothered to freshly cut up my veggies. I buy pre-cut veggies. I'm embarrassed to say. Like, how am I missing this chip? But this woman has it so together. And she probably doesn't have it all together. But, you know, this is what I'm thinking. This is what is going through my mind as I'm watching these Then I look at the comment section and there are so many mean comments, so many mean, hateful comments from people like, um, I mean, first of all, there are lots of comments attacking this girl for her choice to be a young mom, which is super rude, super rude, like I kind of don't even want to repeat it, but you know, it's a, it's exactly what you think. Should have used a condom. Like you made that choice. Like she's not complaining in the videos, but for some reason, everybody needs to give their two cents and be like, you made that choice to be a young mom. And meanwhile, she never said anything negative about it. She's literally just standing there cooking for her children. But then I see other comments that say, Something like, these are so unhealthy. How could you cook these meals for your kids? So much sugar, so much fat, so much oil. And I am just rolling my eyes. My eyes could not be further into the back of my head because all of these people, these keyboard warriors are getting so worked up about how unhealthy the meals are. But meanwhile, I'm looking at the meals and they seem very balanced. No, she's not making keto meals for her kids. Like she's making things that kids like, like waffles and pancakes and mac and cheese and pizza. But she's also making sure they're balanced. And that is so clear to me looking at these videos. You know, there's always if it's waffles, then there's eggs and fruit on the side. If it's pizza, then we have a green or something fresh on the side. You know, it's never just the waffle or just the pancake, Um, but it's also not just two scrambled eggs, you know, because that's boring. And anybody who's ever cooked for children knows that you need to cook things they like. They will refuse to eat food that is just straight nutrition. It needs to be fun in a way. It needs to be something that they like. And obviously, you know, you want them to eat fruits and vegetables and get enough protein, but it needs to be in a way that's fun for them to eat. And I think she's doing such a good job with it. And I was just, I was getting so upset the way that people were talking to her about it. Another thing about these videos, it it really made me reassess my attitude because while lately I have not had as much time in my day to do everything that I want to do, you know, I haven't been able to go to the gym that much. I haven't been able to plan out my meals the way that I like to. It's been a little bit flying by the seat of my pants, so to speak, and caring for other people in my life who I really love and I really cherish and I want to care for them. But at times I feel like I'm neglecting myself and I don't know. It's just sometimes I feel defeated or overwhelmed by the amount that I have to do or not having enough time to do it. 
And my mantra has now become, I'm a 22-year-old mom of four kids, even though I'm not. I'm a 33-year-old woman with no kids. That's the energy I'm channeling. So like yesterday, I had to wake up early and I had to take Yahtzee to the dog park because I had to go help my family member during the day. So I needed to get Yahtzee some exercise. I needed to get him out to play with other dogs. So I had to get up early. So I put on my dirty sweatpants that I wear to the dog park because you can't wear clean clothes to the dog park. That's just asking for trouble. So we're on our way to the dog park and I'm like, ugh, you know, I, I just have a chip on my shoulder and I'm feeling bad about doing it. And I'm thinking about everything that I have to do that day and how I'm not going to have any time for myself. And I was just thinking to myself, you're a 22 year old mom of four kids. You're a 22 year old mom with four kids time to make breakfast, bitch. It's helping me. So if you need some inspiration, look up Krista Celia and you can adopt that mantra as well. I'm a 22 year old mom of four kids. It's a mantra that is hard to explain, but I think I did as good of a job as I possibly could explaining it to you. And it's helping me. It really is. It's putting a lot in perspective for me. Okay. uh, We're skipping food news today because I just couldn't find any relevant food news. But I do have a bone to pick. And this is my favorite segment. If you're not familiar, I pick something related to diet culture that I currently have a bone to pick with. And I just get into why. And you can actually email me your bones to pick. I love reading them and they might inspire me. And I will definitely name the ones that are listener submitted. I love hearing from you guys. So This is a bone to pick that um, I've been ruminating on for a while, and I really was pushed over the edge to do it today because of a video that I saw from a creator that is not a 22-year-old mom of four kids, Um, (laughs) but this creator is actually somebody that I like and somebody that I think is well-meaning. And so I'm not saying that people who create this type of content are always not well-meaning or trying to do damage. But I, I think that these kinds of videos and this kind of rhetoric can be a little bit damaging, whether it's intentional or not. This particular video that I saw And again, I I like kind of feel bad because I actually like this person, but it's just, I'm not criticizing this person. I'm criticizing the rhetoric of this video. And, um, and this is what it was. So this creator opens the video with an image of dates, like a package of dates. We all know what dates are. She says, my favorite sweet treat is dates with nut butter. And then she shows herself carefully opening the package of dates and then um, splitting them in two and spreading the littlest amount of nut butter and then placing two tiny little chocolate chips into the dates. And this is no hate to dates. This uh, Actually, this is a pro-date podcast. I really do like dates in whatever form. And dates with nut butter don't sound like the worst thing, but hear me out. So then after saying that this is her favorite snack, she says, you can make this ahead of time so you can reach for this instead of the large bag of M&Ms in your pantry. So the way she's setting this up is if you think you're going to go for the M&Ms that are in your pantry, a large bag, like (laughs) 
Is that a common thing? Like, I didn't realize that was a common thing. Do we all have large bags of M&Ms in our pantry? I mean, if you're a Costco girl and you have a big bag of M&Ms in your pantry, go off. So once again, she says you can reach for these nut butter dates instead of the large bag of M&Ms and this will fill you up. This will satisfy you and you're not going to have that craving anymore. So I don't like these kinds of videos and I don't like that type of phraseology because in my experience, at least, if I wanted M&Ms and that's what I was craving, and I've said this a million times before, but if that's what I was craving and then instead of eating those, I reached for something else that I thought was, quote, healthier. So like, for example, dates with nut butter, that would not ever really crush the craving. A big topic in intuitive eating is to honor your cravings, not to try to make your cravings go away by eating, quote, the healthier version or eating a different food that you think is going to make that craving go away because it actually doesn't work. And for me, that craving would just never go away. So then I would keep thinking about the M&Ms until I had eaten them anyway and probably eaten more than I would have eaten to begin with. Or if I didn't eat the M&Ms, I would have eaten everything else in my kitchen and probably like 60 nut butter filled dates just in an effort to avoid the M&Ms. So I don't think that this is something that actually works practically. And I think it's still perpetuating diet culture to say, if that's what you really crave, then make sure you have these available because these are actually healthy and they'll make that craving go away. Another reason why I just generally didn't like it is because, I don't know, like, do we really need a video about spreading nut butter on dates? Like, is there anybody watching that who's like, wow, you know what? I couldn't control myself around the giant bag of M&Ms in my pantry, but that was before I heard about dates with nut butter. Wow, revolutionary. I just don't know who this video's really for. And I don't know, like, who that sentiment is really for. Like, in my experience, a lot of people think that people just don't know how to eat healthy. And it's not that people don't know which foods are more nutrient dense than other foods and which foods are going to provide them with more nutrition, because that's just a fact. There are certain foods that provide you with more nutrition and there are certain foods that provide you with less. We know generally what these foods are. I think most people do. That's not the reason why you crave candy or why you crave certain other foods, you know? And I, I just think it's really reductive to be like, look, you can get dates. They have them at Trader Joe's. Like, who's watching that? Like, whoa, dates? I never thought of that before. I just don't think that these people exist. So... <laughs> would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that, but that is just my bone to pick. I am not into replacing a craving with something else that you think you should be eating. I don't think it makes the craving go away. I think eventually you're going to go for the M&Ms, especially if they're just sitting there in your pantry torturing you from afar. That's just my experience. Um, I would love to hear your experience, dear listener. So DM me or email me with feedback. Now, finally, 
I have an advice question that I got from a gorgeous and flawless listener. This is actually very timely because it's related to the holidays and Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is just later this week. So hopefully this will help some people who have gone through some of the same stuff. It definitely resonated with me and gave me some stuff to think about. So here we go. Hi, Emily. First off, I just want to say that I love your podcast. It helps me a ton through ED recovery. Oh, thank you. I wanted to ask for advice on how to cope through my first Thanksgiving back with my family. Last year, I spent Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's in residential treatment, so I haven't been with my extended family in quite a bit. I'm still struggling with food, and I'm scared about the conversations that will take place during Thanksgiving dinner. I feel embarrassed setting a guideline on what not to say to me or just in general. How do I navigate dinner conversations, questions, and the meal in general? Thank you. You know what? Sometimes I wonder the same thing. I I do have some pointers for you, but this is such a relevant fucking question. I think so many people go through this during the holidays and are scared to admit it or they just stuff it down and soldier on because that's what it's like every year. But it doesn't need to be like that. And I know the conversations around food and specifically, you know, how are we going to earn our meals or how are we going to work this off or, oh, my God, I, I didn't eat all day in preparation for this meal. I hear that bullshit every year on Thanksgiving and it drives me fucking nuts And I have developed some coping strategies that I will share with you. But none of this is like a magic ticket. None of this is going to magically make those conversations disappear. But they might help you cope in those situations. So here we go. You say that you feel embarrassed setting a guideline on what not to say to you. I totally understand that. You don't have to do that. You really don't. I would say come prepared with different topics and or different questions that you could bring up if somebody brings up food as a potential conversation starter. There's always a way to pivot. There's always a way to change the topic. And, you know, coming with some things to talk about, whether it be, oh, I just watched the Beckham documentary. Did anybody else see that? What did you guys think about that? Or um, I just read Britney's new memoir, Did you guys read that? Isn't it fucking crazy that she was locked away for 13 years? Oh, my God. You know, coming with pop culture things that maybe other people have participated in or they've seen or they've read, that is a really great way to steer clear of the food conversation because, honestly... I think that oftentimes the food conversation is just brought up in place of other conversation because the food is right there. It's easy to talk about. You don't really need to be too creative about how to come up with a conversation topic. But I think people are eager to talk about other things and they would talk about other things. So a tool in your arsenal, so to speak, could be, you know, I have these shorthand topics that could distract from any food topics that come up. So that's one thing. But then also knowing who's going to be there. And this is actually perfect because if you haven't seen them in a full year or more than a year, 
there's going to be a lot of potential questions that you could ask them and things to catch up on. So let's say that you have some cousins and you haven't seen your cousins in maybe a year and a half, but you know that they just went on a Disney cruise. Let's say this is just, you know, off the cuff, a potential situation. Ask them about the cruise and make a mental list of different things that are relevant to that. So you know they've been on a Disney cruise, but who knows what goes on on Disney cruises, right? So you can ask all the standard questions like, are Disney cruises more fun than other cruises? Like, do they have the characters there? I don't know. I mean, listen, this is like a very, very specific example, but you get the idea. And if you don't know what's been going on in their lives, you could ask more general questions like, hey guys, I haven't seen you guys in a while. How's work going? How is your job? Oh, did you, you just got a new job? How's that going? And genuinely act interested. It's so much easier to ask other people questions. People love talking about themselves. So that's my biggest tip is to ask a lot of questions and come with potential topics that you can speak on that don't have to do with your personal life because I know you've been in treatment and you probably don't want to talk about that. And also don't have to do with the food that you guys are eating or what you have to do to earn back the food or whatever nonsense they're going to say to you. So that's the number one tip. Come prepared. Another thing that really helps me, and I'm pretty sure I've said this before, deep breathing. And obviously, it's a little awkward to just start deep breathing at the dinner table. Just excuse yourself. Go outside for a minute. Sit on the front porch or go to the bathroom or go to an empty room and just a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. and. Do that three or four times. Really sink into it. Really feel yourself becoming present in your body. The second you start deep breathing, that signals to your brain to relax. It signals to your brain, okay, we are not in survival mode right now. We can relax. We can unwind. It reduces my stress so much. So that's something that I would recommend. Another thing you can do is if you need to take a little break from family, if you need to walk away for a minute, have somebody that you can call. So I like to tell my friends, you know, I'm going to be at Thanksgiving, but if I'm going crazy at Thanksgiving, can I give you a five-minute call? Could we just, you know, have a little debrief so that I can check in with you and, and feel like I'm not going crazy? And that's really helpful. So if you have a friend who maybe also goes a little crazy over the holidays being with family, let them know that they might be getting a phone call from you at some point just to check in, just to not unload, but, you know, just ha maybe have a little giggle like, yeah, I'm going fucking crazy. <laughs> How are you? And I'm telling you that five minute debrief will make you feel so much better because you will realize you are not stuck in this crazy warped situation forever. This too shall pass and you will be able to resume your everyday activities with people who know you and care about you and care about your mental health and aren't going to drive you absolutely bonkers. So that's something you can do. If it's really pervasive if there's a lot of body talk, if there's a lot of talk about food and it's really driving you crazy, you can always just be like, guys, 
enough about the food. There's so many other things that we can talk about. And I really think if you were to just call it out like that, not even saying, hey, I struggle with this. You guys know I was in treatment because that draws attention. And I understand why you don't want to draw attention. But just even saying, guys, enough with the diet talk. It's Thanksgiving. We're supposed to be having fun. I think that will shock people and kind of, you know, give them a little jolt. And then you can laugh about it. And then you can talk about something else. And then people will have a little reminder not to say this stuff in front of you without you having to explicitly say, you can't say this stuff in front of me. So those would be my main tips. Godspeed, girl. Please let me know how it goes. I would love a follow-up. This advice question I just got in my DMs. If you guys want my advice, you can DM me. I'm at Lubination. Or you can also DM the account for the podcast, which is RIP Diets. That's on Instagram, by the way. Or you can email ripdiets at gmail.com for any advice questions or stuff that you'd like me to talk about on the show. I always read my emails and I always read my DMs. Sometimes it takes me a couple days to get to it, but I always get around to it. And I love hearing from you guys so much. So that's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week, hopefully in a slightly better mood, hopefully a little less frazzled, a little less judgmental of myself. Um, I'm just trying to keep it real with you guys, to be honest, because that's what this podcast is all about. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Load up your plate. Eat everything that looks good to you. Avoid the stuff that does not feel good to you. Don't go on a turkey trot if you don't want to, but if that makes you feel good, go for the turkey trot and let me know how it was. Let me know how your Thanksgiving was. And until next week, peace, love, RAP diets. (laughs) 